Welcome to SEC Fan Talk, the show by SEC fans for SEC fans and your home for all SEC stats, scores, schedules, and news. Want to be a guest host? Sign up today at secfantalk.com. And now for your hosts, Luke Olson and Brandon Bird. Welcome back to SEC Fan Talk, week three of the SEC. I'm Brandon Bird here along with Luke Alsop and Brad Rush. How are you guys doing today? Uh, it's a beautiful day, beautiful day. Looking forward to some games on Saturday. I agree. I had a great day. I come home from work, had, did one of my favorite pastimes, had a couple packets of tuna and crackers, getting ready to talk some <laughs> SEC football. <laughs> boy. <laughs> it may be a beautiful day for us now, but with Hurricane Delta approaching, the SEC is trying to prepare for it and moving some things around. Before we get into our normal routine, we do want to let everyone know that we got a couple games moving around. The Missouri and number 17 LSU will move to noon. That was that 9 p.m. game that you know, we were kind of wondering if any LSU fan was going to be sober enough to watch it being that late. It is now a noon game. It will be played on the SEC Network alternate channel and available on the ESPN app. Uh, they are also going to move that out of Baton Rouge up to Columbia, but LSU will remain the home team, not like uh, Mizzou had many fans there to watch anyway. <laughs> That's the beauty of wearing white jerseys every week. The other change will be uh, Arkansas at Auburn is just going to move from the SEC network to ESPN. They will stay at 4 o'clock. And uh, Alabama at Ole Miss is going to shift from the 6 p.m. to the 7.30 p.m. slot, but it will remain on ESPN. Hey, also, if you have not checked out the ESPN, AT&T, 5G, SkyCast viewing option that they have on ESPNU, the Florida and Texas A&M noon game, uh, we'll have that available if you have not uh, seen the different viewing options and natural sounds of the game. It's pretty cool to check that out. I recommend it. Yeah, it's really cool. All right. We hit most of the uh, other news, the transfers, changes, things like that in the beginning of the week. The news bite that we want to talk about this late in the week is, uh, you know, they, they go through and interview the coaches and, and uh, talk about what the big games are going to be for the week, uh, just as well as we do. The funniest thing is the Lane Kiffin and Nick <laughs> Saban's uh, <laughs> little <laughs> – banter at each other uh and take a take a listen to this hey coach uh we've seen lane kiffin kind of poke fun at you a few times today he was asked about the Saban versus kiffin matchup he said we're not playing but if we did he couldn't cover me i'm worried about him because he's elderly would you like to respond to that no i think he's probably right i wouldn't disagree with him um you know i i guess what i would ask is when he's my age What's he going to be like then? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit of a, um, you know, disadvantage to be, you know, my age and have had a hip replacement. But, you know, I still pride myself in my ability to cover. I just don't think I could cover him. Saban is, uh, he's not one to, uh, he's not, he's not witty. He's, he doesn't come, he's not, that doesn't come with the quick quips. 
<laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, Saban's not near as uh, quick on his feet as he used to be. Um, you know, even though Lane, Lane's put on a few pounds. I don't think he's quite as uh, fleet of foot as he used to be either. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just hilarious listening to those two guys go at it. You can tell that there's actually a, a lot of respect, and they actually personally, I think, really like each other. Um, I, you know, Kiffin no is, doubt. is Kiffin is really the only guy that I've ever seen be able to crack jokes at Saban and actually make Saban smile, you know, about something other than winning national championships. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just, it, it's good for the conference and, you know, for all those people who think that Saban is, you know, just some, you know, guy that's only focused on winning championships and, you know, all business all the time. It shows that the guy's got a sense of humor and he can, he likes to have fun from time to time. For this episode's Audible, we got Brad Rush handling it, adding it in today. That's uh, Brad, what you got? So I'm just caveating kind of off the last Audible here. You know, we're doing a little Omaha. Omaha. Anyway, um, so so take the situation where you take the two worst teams, one in the East, one in the West, and say you have another school that wants to be coming into the SEC, like uh, App State on the – on the east and then on the west, I don't know what one of Oklahoma State, whoever. And they have a playoff. Whoever wins moves up into the SEC. Whoever finish, whoever loses gets relegated down. Would that ever work? Uh, Shoot, yeah, I'm all for a death match. Come on. Let's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Oklahoma State <laughs> would love to be out of the shadow of Oklahoma. And you know, and then and then if Appalachian State has to come in, Eli Drinkowitz is going. I shifted over <laughs> for no reason. I get a team to a perfect season. They come in, and I'm over here with. <laughs> I'm over here <laughs> trying to. I mean, I wasn't really saying it had to be App State, but I mean, truth be told, probably ten out. Of, uh, it'd be out of ten games, App State would beat Vandy five out of the ten. I mean, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think they would. I mean, I. I you know, I, why not? I wasn't really high on the idea, uh, but when uh, when Brandon said deathmatch, that really <laughs> drew my attention. And, you know, I like the sound of that. I would like to see a deathmatch against the, uh, the the teams who struggle the most in the conference, you know. Let's, uh, let's have a meritocracy at its finest, you know, survival of the fittest. So... <laughs> I can hear it right now. College football deathmatch. Are you in? <laughs> no, see, it, it, it just takes y'all back to celebrity deathmatch on MTV. I mean, everybody used to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a great one. Whatever happened to MTV? Oh, it's still around. You know, they started showing Jersey Shore and whatnot, fist pumping, and then it just went downhill ever since. I mean, I bring bring me back uh, Beavis and Butthead. I mean, that's just bring bring the old school funny stuff back. I'm more of a real world road rules challenge kind of guy. I have I do MTV since uh, Nirvana Unplugged was on, so that's <laughs> how old I am. <laughs> Jumping into our picks, guys. I woke up this morning so excited for this. The schedule is is fun. It's going to be a blast this week. We hope that uh, the weather is going to 
you know, allow us to play some good football. Hey, it, it could be just a nasty, rainy, you know, just down in the dirt, man on man, you know, just grind. Which yeah. it's it, cool to see every now and again. Although you know the big the big air plays, uh, won't we won't get to see a lot of those. Yeah, it it, it could be kind of wild this weekend. I mean, with the size of the storm coming in, you know, there's a possibility that nearly every SEC game is played in the rain. Maybe, uh, you know. So uh, who knows? I, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, see what happens but for sure it's going to be a wet one this weekend uh you are correct it's going to be interesting to see um obviously weather like that tends to help the teams that are more run centric than pass um so we'll see how it is uh mississippi state might got lucky playing at kentucky since they like to you know flip and fling it around all over the field um but uh yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch these teams play in the in the rain and just run man to man kind of stuff all night in our first game, we now have three noon games. In our in our first noon game is number four, Florida, traveling over to Kyle Field at number twenty one, Texas A and M. This is a ESPN game. What do we think, guys? I think you guys kind of know my opinion of where I stand with Texas A and M after last time. Um, yes, you know. the the two week give up. Yes, we know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, until then, boys, show me something else. I'm I'm standing by that statement. Um, but I mean, who knows? Who knows? Uh, knowing Florida's luck, Texas A&M will come out and look like the greatest team in the co- in the country. You know, on Saturday. Uh, honestly, that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, but, uh, I, I, I'm not sure what the point spread is on this game, but, um, I, I'm taking Florida to win, uh, in a, a, a pretty high scoring game. Have you seen, uh, Luke two weeks after having, uh, becoming a father heading back in? Hey, uh, doc, um, can I get one that's potty trained? I mean, this one's not all it's hyped up to be, it's. <laughs> <laughs> so you, should, you should be able to trade them in you know like a car you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you drive it around the block a couple of times and you know you just find out it's not for you then you know you just take her back and get a new while every week tends to have or you know, and every game you know tends to have its upset margin what we thought texas a&m was at the beginning of the season is definitely you know what did not show up first or second week of the season we don't know who what team's going to show up. So Florida, if they can improve on their defense, if they if they went in there, picked a film to watch, <laughs> flipped a coin, um, they, they uh, and stepped it up, and and uh, you know you know they're going to do it offensively. You know you know they're gonna they're gonna put the yards up uh, as long as it's not nasty nasty weather. You know Kyle Trask to Kyle Pitts, they're they're going to put up the yardage. The question is, does does Texas A&M, you know, do, do they change anything? I'm definitely going to go Florida on this one. And being that the weather is going to come right through there, I think it is going to be a rainy game. And, that, and I think it, uh, with more on the ground, I'm probably going to go 14-10 Florida. Oh, low, low scoring. 
low scoring. So the the way I see it is, if the weather is going to be that bad, that is definitely going to help Florida. Um, we know their defensive line is not that bad, but it's their secondary that's been, you know, the one that's been a little skeptical. You know, don't know if you trust them or not. And if the rain's coming down, it's um, definitely going to be able to help that defense on that end. I mean, Mond, everybody thought he was going to be, you know, the best the best quarterback in the SEC for sure and, you know, one of the best in the, in the nation. But, I mean, he threw two games, 507 yards, four TDs, nothing great compared to Trask who's got 684 yards and 10 TDs. So that's going to play a big role. But I think it's definitely going to come down to the running game. I do think that uh, – I don't think Florida pulls this out. I think Florida handles them pretty pretty easily. I, I've got Florida winning it 28-10. Yeah, that, that's uh, – I, th- I feel pretty good about that too, Brad. Um, and who knows, you know, if it, I think that that score is pretty much spot on if the weather is bad. If the weather's good, um, I can see a you know a a forty two twenty eight game. Um, it's uh you know we're gonna find out what Texas A and M is made of um, because you know if they come out and play a great game and they play Florida, they don't even necessarily have to beat Florida. But as long as Florida looks good and Texas A and M keeps it close within a touchdown or less people are going to see that they're moving in the right direction. Now, if they come out and get the brakes beat off of them by Florida, then you're going to start hearing a lot of talk coming out of uh, College Station. What's that score you got for that, Luke? I'm going to say uh, uh, that's, that's so tough to say because, I mean, if the if the weather's bad, I mean, you're talking about a that could be a 28-point swing in points difference just because of the weather. I'm going to say that the weather is pretty crummy. Um, so, 32-14, Florida. Oh, I knew it was Florida. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I tell you what, though, Texas A&M, as bad as Florida's defense has looked, you know, I think if the weather does turn out to be nice, that you know, that probably helps A&M more than it does Florida. Um, I think Florida is going to um, they're, they're going to make a few adjustments if the weather's really bad. But for the most part, I think they're pretty much going to run the same offense that they've been running. What's the spread on that game, Lucas? That's one of the things I meant to ask you there. Minus six and a half, Florida, Texas yeah. A&M. Oh, it's only six and a half. That's, uh, you know, that, that just goes to show that uh, that's only a six and a half point spread. That goes to show you that. Uh, you know, everybody's buying on Florida's offense, but they are selling and selling as fast as they can on their defense. Um, and, you know, like I've said for two weeks now, if they don't get that defense straightened out, then, you know, they can kiss their uh, hopes to making the college football playoffs out the window. The other noon game, the Missouri Tigers at LSU in Missouri. <laughs> This game will be on SEC alternate. Guys, does LSU, does this one right here just go absolute crazy? The, uh, it is plus 14 on the spread. I I know they cover it. I I sure hope that they cover it, but do they just blow them out? I mean, incredibly blow them out. This game has blowout 
written all over it. So in two games, the Missouri Tigers have averaged a total of 15 and a half points. Um, I'm no mathematician, but that stinks. Brennan is the real deal. Two games, 682 yards, seven TDs. It's going to be a massacre in Columbia North for the Missouri Tigers. LSU just going to roll all over them. It's not even a doubt in my mind. What do you have your scores at there, Brad? Uh, let's take a shot in the dark. 42-10 LSU. Yeah, you got the route route getting put on them. I mean, I, I, I do too. I just uh, – I don't think Missouri – Missouri's just not going to be able to handle LSU. There's just there's just way too much talent. And you're going to see that on display uh, in full force on Saturday. Um, I'm taking LSU 42-20 in that one. It's almost uh, – I had to check real quick make sure that my – camera wasn't on and brad looking at my napkin because he's got my <laughs> he's got my score exactly i'm i'm with you guys uh, lsu the way that they handled handled uh vanderbilt um i i think they just completely stomped missouri and and i'm i'm with you 42 42 10 yeah i mean lsu just they they are starting to look like you know they're a really good football team and you know, I, I think that they keep that trend moving on Saturday. Next noon game, the uh, Battle of the O and Twos comes South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Uh, this will be in Nashville and available to watch on SEC Network. Anyone got a coin that we can just flip real quick? <laughs> just just right, put a star on one and a and an SC on the other side. We'll just we'll just flip it and see who wins. I have no clue. I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. Being that I'm right here in Middle Tennessee, let's. I'm going to go Vandy. Uh, it's it's time for them to get their win. Uh, I think they've seen what they what they need to improve. And and Derek Mason, like I said last episode, uh, you know he he is demanding of his team. I respect him very much, and I, I think they pull one out. I think it's a low scoring game. I'm probably going to go 21-14 Vandy. Luke, what you got on that one? That that is a tough one. Uh, you know, I just, I just have to, I have to ask the question of, you know, which one of these two head coaches needs this win more? Uh, personally, I think it's Muschamp. I just don't think that he can afford to lose this game to Vandy. Um, so there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. I, I don't think there's near as much pressure on Derek Mason because if they, if they go a win three to start the season. People aren't going to look twice at that because it's an all SEC schedule and and it's Vanderbilt. You know, no offense to Vanderbilt, but they just don't have the talent to run with the with the big guys. But they do have at least some expectations at South Carolina, and Muschamp has been on and off that hot seat now for the last couple of years. And if he starts out zero and three in that third losses to Vanderbilt, then then he's he's in big trouble, um, but I'm taking South Carolina in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a slugfest on defense, and the offenses are going to look ugly. Um, but I'm taking South Carolina twenty-one to twenty in this one. Luke, you pick you picked the right winner, but the score was off. And Brandon, you're just out of the. It's not it's not even going to be close. I think Carolina's a little better than what most people think. Colin Hill. He, I mean, up, up to this point, he's he's thrown for 502 yards. Now, that is an 86 attempts compared to Seals, 263 yards out of 54 attempts. 
I think uh, South Carolina maybe had a little bit of an identity crisis starting out. They weren't sure if they were really going to try to pound the ball on the ground or um, throw it around. Um, I think they're going to start throwing it more. Um, and, and they didn't look that terrible against Florida. They didn't look terrible against Tennessee except for the – I mean, the, the, the new version of the butt fumble, I guess you would say. But the, the – the, I don't know how to, what you would call it. I don't think it's going to even be close. I think there might be a garbage time touchdown for Vandy. But, I mean, I got South Carolina winning 28-14. It may happen spread on that is uh, plus 12. So, it, it you know, it's you're, – you're, you're right there in that as long as they, they cover it. They'll cover it well with that. At South Carolina – at some point, South Carolina has to find that identity. And, and while Tennessee was the first game, everyone had first game jitters, you know, they did not look fantastic last week, and they very well could have could have, you know, looked at enough game tape and looked at their own problems. When I say the game tape, their own game tape found their problems, and they've rallied together, and they just may whoop Vanderbilt. I, you know, I just from what I've seen from them thus far, I don't think they do. Moving on to our CBS game of the week, the three thirty. Tennessee, number 14, Tennessee at number three, Georgia. Guys, this is going to be, especially if it's raining, I don't, uh, I don't think it's supposed to be, but maybe a little ahead of the storm rain. If it's sloppy, muddy, messy, it's going to be a running game, and it's going to be best on best at its best. Uh, Tennessee with one of the best offensive lines in the SEC right now, and Georgia one of the best defensive lines in the SEC right now. Brad, we'll start it off with you. So, the the way I look at this game is that this is the first time in a long time that the University of Tennessee has had talent enough all over the field to be able to be close to as good as a Georgia and the Florida in the East. Their offensive line is is really good. Um, there's still some questions at quarterback, obviously. Garantano, I think he's a winner, but there's still questions. He... He doesn't make good decisions all the time. Um, but with these two coaching staffs, they, they're going to come in with a game plan, and until one or the other knocks it off their game plan, they're going to stick to it. So Tennessee's going to come into it saying, I'm going to run all over you guys. Georgia is going to come in and say, I'm going to run and play action pass with Bennett. Uh, but that's the real question mark is what kind of Stenson Bennett are we going to get? I mean, is Tennessee going to be able to get pressure on him to make him make bad decisions, throw interceptions? I don't know. I mean, he hasn't thrown an interception all year, but neither has Garantano. So I'm not sure. Um, the The offensive line is really good for Tennessee, but at the same time they haven't played a defensive line of what they're coming up against Georgia. I mean, I'm a humongous Tennessee fan, but they're they're getting better but they're still not to a Georgia level. Um, I've got the dogs winning 28-14. Woo, I expected uh, a Georgia out of you, but uh, 28-14, that one, uh, that one hurts. Uh, so to to go off what Brad said, it, both quarterbacks, um, yeah, questions on both ends, both of them, no interceptions. Tennessee, to add to that, Tennessee has made zero errors on the offensive side. No fumbles, no nothing. They, they've looked great. If I, I think they'll do a good job as far as uh, Tennessee's defense getting in, maybe causing a little mayhem. You want to disrupt him 
Uh, you want to disrupt Stetson Bennett because uh, if, if he gets to sit back in there, we've seen what can happen uh, last week is a quarterback that's sitting back in there will pick apart uh, the secondary out there, and Tennessee's not ready for that. So they better get in there and get some pressure on them and uh, and mess up some stuff and, and get some sacks. I've got uh, – I think it's going to be a little closer. You know, the the – Tennessee and Georgia, it's it's it seems to be one way or another, but I think they play them close, and and I think it comes out to maybe a game winning field goal by one of the other, and uh, I'm going to go twenty four twenty one Tennessee. Oh, uh, oh, I tell you, I mean, I'm a homer, but you know, I'm not that much of a homer. I sw- I, sw- I swapped over that pre show uh, notes there. <laughs> by the way the spread on that is minus 14 <laughs> go big or go home right i mean tennessee might, tennessee might cover luke what you got on this one <sighs> boys i tell you what i don't think there's going to be a bigger tennessee fan in the state of tennessee as i'm going to be on saturday rooting for your vols against georgia um I am so excited about this game. I just, I cannot wait to see it. And, you know, I think a lot of that hope is just coming that knowing that there's at least a chance Tennessee could pull this out. Um, That's all they need is a chance. Um, But it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know, Tennessee's incredible offensive line go up against that defensive front of Georgia um Georgia arguably has the best defense in college football and uh you know Tennessee's offensive line as good as they are they're gonna have to really show how good they are um because Georgia they're gonna bring the pressure and you know uh, you know adversely you know Tennessee like y'all were saying they're gonna have to get some pressure on Bennett um he really hasn't been pressured that much um, in these last two games. And, you know, I I, I want to see how the kid performs when he's under pressure. So I, I really think um, Pruitt and the defensive staff, they need to, um, you know, come up with a good solid game plan to try to attack Stetson Bennett as much as possible um, without getting burned. But, uh, you know, as much as I see – as I want – Tennessee to win on Saturday. I I don't think they pull it out, and I think Georgia Georgia takes it home, twenty eight seventeen. All right for for that big game, got our picks in there. Moving on to the four o'clock game on ESPN is Arkansas and Auburn. Does Arkansas run off of last week's high and roll into Auburn and take care of business? Auburn that has been a little questionable. And what happens with Gus Malzahn if Auburn, or I'm sorry, if Arkansas comes into town and beats them? Um, Me personally. Not going to be. Personally, he's going to get fired. What's going to happen? I I think Auburn finds themselves in this game, uh, and I think they go 28-14. But you never know. I mean, Arkansas is pumped up. That you know, you I cannot imagine the amount of uh testosterone running through those guys' veins, and they they're 
probably going to be more ready and more pumped up than they ever have been for this game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not even going to be close. They they are going to be fired up and ready to play, especially if the weather is going to be bad. Um, you know, Wu Pig Suey, he's not afraid of the, of the rain and the mud out there. So, uh, you know. They're, they're playing like hogs. <laughs> That's right. They're going to be dig, getting down there rutting around. Um, you know, Arkansas, they're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to play. Um, you know, Auburn, how do they how do they come back after uh, getting throttled by Georgia last week? Uh, you know, it, it's the Gus Malzahn era at, at Auburn. So, you know, who knows? You know, Auburn is either going to come out and look like a top 10 team again, or they're going to look like they did last week and look like they really don't even deserve to be in the top 25. But they don't even have to look that good. Uh, to beat Arkansas, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a uh, an ugly game. Um, I'm taking Auburn 17-14, pulling it out in the end. So I was I was going to give the South Carolina and the Vanderbilt game this accolade, but I have changed my mind. The battle of the bums this week goes to <laughs> Arkansas and Auburn. I mean, it's. It's only after two games, but listen to this. <laughs> this coincides with his uh, in, S- SEC death match. <laughs> and like I said, it's only two games, but in the first two games, Arkansas has averaged 15.5 points, Auburn 17.5. Ooh. Points, points allowed, Arkansas has given up 25.5 points, Auburn 20. Total yards. Arkansas, 277 yards. Auburn, 270. Bo Nix is overrated. Felipe Franks at least, I mean, has a chance. I mean, he's he's put up 412 yards this year. It's going to be close. It's going to be I terrible to watch. I would rather I watch. feel an upset. Here he comes with it. I w- oh, no, I'm not picking Arkansas because <laughs> I don't. I mean, <laughs> after, after, they, those fans – that's that's the happiest those fans have been since the opening day of last year's duck season in Arkansas. <laughs> they the they both stink. Bo Nix stinks. Felipe Franks he stinks too, but not as bad. <laughs> well, you're, no, on Luke's not going to argue with that. We're like, yeah, that's well. Why we got rid of him? He's done. Uh, Take a shower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Goose, uh, uh, Gus Malzahn and the Auburn Tigers or Eagles. I I don't know. They, they have an identity crisis there. They're going to squeak one out. Score's going to be 21-20, Auburn. Woo, boy, y'all have those things close. That's, man, like we said before we uh, got into the show here, this week is going to be fun, interesting. It's going to be great to talk about at the first of next week when we do the recap. The 7-30 game on ESPN is number two, Alabama, and his old side uh, sideline mate, Lane Kiffin and his Ole Miss Rebels. I'm always going to go Alabama. I mean, assistance under Saban, he, they're 0-20 on coming back and beating him. And, you know, Al- Alabama is Alabama. I mean, they're been who they are. That Their identity is number one. And, and if someone gets hurt, guess what? You got five-star recruit 
riding pine ready to get in the game so it doesn't uh you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if they have injuries uh it doesn't matter if they have ejections this next guy up next guy up uh alabama is they're they're gonna they're gonna take this game uh 35 14 boy yeah you don't want to let nick saban hear you say that yeah. <laughs> i think one of the funniest things that uh that coach saban ever said was um you know, they lost one of their key players. Uh, this was, I think, two years ago. And they said, uh, you know, Coach Saban, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a tough thing that, you know, he was out of the game, but, you know, you have all this talent on your team and and all this. And, and Saban just says, you know, that's, that's what you guys think. That's what our fans think. That's what everybody thinks that, you know, if somebody goes down, we just put another player out and everything just is fine after that. <laughs> and, uh, you know that that was just a hilarious line by Saban, but but yeah, like you said, uh, his former assistants being you know zero and twenty, uh, I just uh, they're going to be zero and twenty one after Saturday, but it is going to be an entertaining game because Lane Kiffin is going to probably throw the kitchen sink uh, at, at Alabama uh, offensively. Uh, it's going to be a high scoring game, I think. Um, you know, even if the weather is atrocious, I, I still see a, a pretty high-scoring game. Um, you know, I would – I'm going to take Alabama, let's see, 41-28 in this game. So, tomorrow night, I'm, I'm going to show you here the visitor – or, I'm sorry, the home locker room at Ole Miss – uh, with models walking in, and Lane Kiffin's got everyone sitting down. Everyone's going, Whoa, my goodness, what are you bringing in here? He's got models, and he says, guys, look at here. You win tomorrow night. These girls are uh, doing something a little different, and you're having uh, tequila body shots off of them <laughs> if y'all win this game for me. <laughs> he's, he's doing everything he can to buy, bribe, coerce his team to win this thing. I would expect no uh, left hood out of, out of the old boy. <laughs> nope, and nope, and he's I, right, I agree. He's right behind it with his PR taking videos and putting it on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I expect nothing less of Joey Freshwater. Every time I get to use that name, I'm going to because it's just a fantastic story. Um, this is, it's not going to be close. I do think Ole Miss is going to put up some points and I even think Alabama might come out of the gates a little slow against Ole Miss. I mean, if I'm looking at it right here after two games, Alabama's averaged 45 points. That's pretty good. But Ole Miss has also averaged 38 and a half points, which that's not bad, but they've allowed 46. That's never good. When you've allowed more points than you score, eh, you're going to lose most of the time. I think uh, Alabama's defense is going to figure out Lane Kiffin's exotic offense, um, lack of a better term. The running game is its not that awful. I mean, Ely's put up 123 yards in two games, two TDs. So that's, that's not terrible, but, I mean, it's Alabama. And then it's Ole Miss. So, I mean, t- take it for what it's worth. I think the final is going to be 41-14. Ole Miss might score first on the first possession, and then after that it's a blowout. Well, not giving the Rebels, not giving Lane a, a whole lot of confidence. <laughs> <in the party. laughs> 
I mean, he he, he took his confidence away from me uh, not too long ago. <laughs> Still can't forgive him for it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's it. There is such a manner as to exit a program and uh, leaving a sticky note and peeing in a desk drawer and heading to the other side of the country is it's not it. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, you 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 blame Lane Kiffin for Derek Dooley. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as Tennessee fans, we got to grasp onto everything that we can. <laughs> We've stunk for a long time. Thanks a lot, Kiffin. <laughs> but we're still we're, we're still faithful, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that final game. Up in Lexington, 7.30 on the SEC Network, visiting Mississippi State at Kentucky. Which Mississippi State shows up here? That's a very good question. Mm. I mean, which team does show up? Is it the team that played LSU? Um, They better hope so. uh, Because Do any of y'all still have that coin that we keep mentioning? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be a flip of the coin because if they look anything like they did last week, then you know, uh, Kentucky's Kentucky is going to probably put a hurting on them. Um, I this is the one game that that I have no idea about. Like, uh, you know, all these other games, I I, I kind of have a good grasp on them, but you know, with this one, I just I have no clue. Um, you know, I think that uh, that Mark Stoops, he's got to win this game. I, I just don't think there's any other way around it. It's it's going to be hard for him to dig himself out of a hole starting off at 0-3. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say Kentucky pulls this thing out. Um, I, it's going to be an ugly game, uh, I think. But uh, I'm going to go 20, 20, 28-21, uh, Kentucky. There go. I think uh, Mississippi State might have a couple of turnovers that will result in points for Kentucky, and that's why I'm picking Kentucky to score that many. There's, I was wondering how you got to the 28, because there's you started with that 20. I was like, oh, he's going to be right in line with me, right in line with me. I have Kentucky <laughs> at 2017. Uh, so you're you're in there uh, close to the same, but saying that a uh, there will either be a pick six or some sort of turnover that will result in a Kentucky score. What about you, Brad? Um, so what what I'm looking at here is that I hate Kentucky as much as I do the University of Alabama. <laughs> um, that's another one of those things is I pull for the devil before I do the wildcats. Um, Don't hold it back. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> no, no. It's, I mean, honesty is the best policy is what my mom always said. And, uh, but, uh, the way Kentucky's offense is built, it's definitely built on a ground game, which is really going to help them in this game. I believe, uh, time of possession is going to be a big deal with them because Mississippi state's either going to score a touchdown in 10 seconds or they're going to go three and out in 10 seconds. So if they can control the ball, I think Kentucky has a really good shot of winning. I even know as I hate to say it. Um, I think they're going to keep it low scoring against Mississippi state just because of the time of possession. I think it's going to be Kentucky winning by one touchdown, 21 to 14 as well. Um, I just don't know if I can trust Mississippi state yet. I don't know what kind of Mississippi state I'm going to get. 
Um, I don't know if I'm going to get, I, I just, I, I don't know if I want to get the people that can hang up a bunch of points and throw the ball over the place or throw picks everywhere and not have a chance to beat anyone. So, I mean, I've got the cats 21, 14, as bad as I hate to say. <laughs> we forgot to give a couple of the spreads on these. The Auburn Arkansas is a minus 14. The Alabama is a plus 24 and the Kentucky a minus three. I'm going to be yelling V-O-L-S all day Saturday leading up to that game. Oh, man, if, if, if you want to come on down to Franklin, we'll be at the bar. If you give me a V, I'll give you an O, hey, you know what I mean? I mean, I'll give you the biggest V you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I even told Brandon I'd let him take a so picture bef- of me with a with a big power T on my head, you know, I told him I'd never even worn um, a hat with any other school's logo on it, except for the university of Florida's, but by God, I'd wear a power T this weekend. If I could beat Georgia. <laughs> also in that conversation uh, was that Tennessee can win out the rest of their season, as long as they lost to Florida. And uh, in the back of my head, I'm going, yeah, well, what happens if Florida accidentally loses a game and then Tennessee takes over the East? (laughs) (laughs) It's happened before. And I got one more question. I do not understand why the fans of the university of Georgia thinks that Tennessee, Georgia is a rivalry game. It's It's just not. Nope. They think that. They think that. I mean, I'm sorry that they've only really got – I mean, well, they got Florida and Auburn. That's two good ones. We have Florida, Alabama, and Kentucky. Those are three good ones. Yeah. But I, I, I just don't understand what Georgia does. I that. think that's really – I think they just are trying to find an excuse to, to you know, have another rivalry game because uh, – but it, it's almost like Florida and Tennessee, you know, it used to be – the biggest rivalry there was you know back during the 90s early 2000s there was no bigger rivalry than tennessee and florida it was the game of the year year in and year out for basically a decade and then the momentum started to shift and when georgia started to get good and tennessee started to drop off then florida and georgia became the two biggest enemies um in the conference, you know, and I, I say that even more so than Alabama and Auburn, um, you know, even if they might not be at that level yet, they are as close to that level as you can get, because you talk to any Florida fan, uh, you know, there's only really only one game that, that really truly matters. And that's beating Georgia because Georgia consistently stands in Florida's way of of making it to the SEC championship game and vice versa. You know, Georgia knows that they have to beat Florida. Um, and so, you know, that game is just, it, it's crazy. But yeah, Georgia, uh, Georgia and Tennessee, I don't know. I actually, honestly, I see Tennessee and Georgia as a more of a rivalry than, um, than Georgia and Auburn. Yeah, you know, it might be the South's oldest rivalry, but like, I'm way more excited to see Tennessee and Georgia play than I am Georgia and Auburn. So their first meeting was in 1899. They've had 49 meetings in total. Um, The series actually belongs to Georgia right now by one game. 
And, uh, of course, they've had it for the past three years. The last time Tennessee won that one was with the last-second Hail Mary from Josh Dobbs over to uh, – was that Jawan Jennings that caught that? Tennessee has had the longest win streak on that at nine, and that was from 1989 through 1999. It it may it may be a rivalry now, you know. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Well, for myself, Brandon Bird, for Luke Alsop, and for apparently Ricky Bobby, we thank you so much for listening to this episode of SEC Fan Talk. Please follow us on Twitter at SEC Fan Talk. Or check us out online at ccfantalk.com, of course, on Facebook as well. Guys, I'm ready for Saturday. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And you never probably heard this out of anyone's mouth in the same sentence, but uh, go Gators and go Vols. And I'm going to leave you on this. It just means more. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.